a lawless world. Podcasts fill the streets. There's a little two men bring order to the chaos. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hardcasters. I'm Dominic Deplum, and sat not far from me in the void of cyberspace, he's part man, part machine, but all man, he's Dick Visage. Hello, I'm part man, part machine, all man, but also full Boy Scout. Foreshadowing. Oh, uh, because... Because you know, but I'll, let me just—I've—I've I've watched it, I've done it, I watched Last Boy Scout in preparation mm. for this week's episode, where we're looking at the Last Boy. You're shaking your head. Let me let me just interrupt there. Um, I see. I I I watched it the other week, um, and then forgot we were doing it this week. And I watched something completely different. I watched a film called Eliminators. Um, and so, although technically we've both seen Last Boy Scout recently, I did put a lot of work into this. I've made lots of notes. So um, let's let's put Last Boy Scout off. Can I just move my notes to one side? I'm just going to push <laughs> push this off the desk now. <laughs> Sorry, Last Boy Scout fans. We'll get right into it eventually. Um, no, I, I've watched Eliminators, and I'm going to attempt to describe this film to Mr. Visage. Or Monsieur Visage. We, we, we. I put a lot of thought into what film I could pick um, for this one-sided uh, conversation. And I thought I'd pick something that you might either not believe is a film or that you might believe there are some things I'm making up in it. Well, in fact, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw in one lie to this i'm going to okay. make something up as we go okay. and at the end of it i'm going to ask you to see if you can guess which is the thing that is a lie can i, okay. can I ask before we start can i make a request that yeah. you pop your beret on because i know you've got it because you're french yep um and draw me a a picture with your words to, you know it, it, immerse me in this film i want to i want to be full in okay. full in we start on a black <laughs> empire films no um so this is a movie uh, eliminators the 1986 action extravaganza a film that is a, a particular favorite of mine the cover alone is just uh wonderful um and i bought it on blu-ray just for this mm. podcast because i i own uh an old vhs copy um so it's great to have it you fancy bitch. It's a full moon feature from the wonderful Charles Band, who made films such as Trancers with Tim Thomason, uh, Doll Man with Tim Thomason, and Castle Freak, Demonic Toys, basically, basically any film that's got either Tim Thomason or the bloke from Reanimator in it, Jeffrey Coombs. This is directed by Peter Manoogian. So he made Eliminators. Uh, Arena. Have you seen Arena? The space box. Yes, I movie? have seen Arena. So, I mean, this is coming from a very kind of genre stroke cult, uh, stroke low budget kind of stable. So um, here is the setup. We start with the villainous character who's called Abbott Reeves. Um, and he's kind of a, a kind of deformed mad scientist. He's keeping himself. He basically... He's got this computer and he pulls out a cable and sticks it into his stomach and it pumps red liquid into him to keep him going. 
Um, his assistant, uh, a Japanese uh, doctor called Dr. Takada, um, is this uh, seemingly nice guy. Basically, they run this experiment, which involves this pod materializing in their lab, and out of it steps our kind of hero. He's part man, part droid. He's the mandroid. Um, unfortunately, his name's not Mandrew, uh, which would have just tipped it off. Um, basically, he's a cyborg. He's got half. Oh, he's, he's da- like... Dan Droid. <laughs> Dan, Dan Droid, yeah. Um, he's got. Uh, he looks a bit like Kano from Mortal Kombat. Half his eyes covered. He's got a little red light. Um, he's got a kind of Robocopy uh, body. Um, and he. But weirdly, this is a year before Robocop was released. So I don't know whether they preempted it by year or whether they were parallel doing it. But he steps out, his, his memory's gone. Uh, essentially, he's a pilot that crashed in Mexico and was dragged from the wreckage and rebuilt into this armour, specifically to be sent somewhere uh, in this kind of pod by Reeves and Takada. Takada is kind of um, a bit friendly with Mandroid, not like inappropriately. Um, but their test run is successful, and Reeves being and Reeves is the shit of this. Okay, he sounds like a shit. He is a shit. Sounds like a shit. And he's like, okay, so this test run was successful. Um, just dump the Mandroid. We don't need him anymore. Put him to pieces. And Takada's like, I'm not having any of that. So Takada sort of says to him, "You should escape, like r- let fly, run, be free, kind of thing." Mm. And so the Mandroid just lays his way the shit out of that compound. Um, it's lasers. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll get onto this, but Mandroid has lots of different powers. And they seem to add powers to him as we go through the film. Right. Um, Takada dies in the shootout. And as he's dying, he sort of says, um, Reeves must be stopped. Now, up until the point where Reeves said, get rid of the Mandroid, Takada's like well excited. He's like, this has been a successful test. We've dematerialized him. This is amazing. He only gets pissed off when he says about Mandroid being destroyed. Now he's saved Mandroid. I don't understand why he now wants Reeves to be stopped. I think Takada, he's, he's all for whatever uh, Reeves is up to until his best mate is given the boot. And then he's like, let's stop this. Anyway, he directs him to find Colonel Hunter. And right. uh, Mandroid um, gets into his mobile unit. Right. Which I'll describe to you in detail in a minute when we when, when I give you the first slate of Mandroid's powers. Um, now, Reeves, we later find out, is stationed in Mexico, and he's got a kind of compound that's kind of mansion. There's pillars. It's a bit temple-y. I'm not really sure. It's kind of like an old Greek or Roman uh, palatial estate kind of. So thing. He's gone to like the shit, you know the the. Supervillain estate agents that they have knocking around. Basically, yeah. Southern California and Mexico. But despite the fact he's kind of a mad scientist, he's outfitted his whatever his compound, let's call it, with the kind of renter goons you'd expect to see fighting the eighteen. They're all plaid or checker shirt wearing trucker types with ponytails. Is there lots of ponytails? Ponytails, beards, um, unfortunate moustaches, and the kind of shotguns and rifles you'd buy over the counter at sports goodware they're not like he's not got like a uh stormtroopers or even jumpsuit wearing guards these are just blokes 
Um, the kind of thing that, that Clyde would stick his finger up at in Only Which Way But Loose. And so that's a little bit jarring. And they don't do shit against the Mandroid. The Mandroid just pisses all over them. Um, so Literally? Does he piss all over them? No, line? no, that's okay. not one of his powers. He so, pisses lasers. Yeah. So he's got, there's lots of laser fire, there's gunfire, there's some explosions, there's lots of mist and atmosphere. <laughs> the score's pretty good at this point. Um, it's actually quite a nice opening. But in amongst all this, we notice the Mandroid has basically a detachable arm. So he's got a hand. He can yeah. take it off and put on a laser gun. Brilliant. Um, which makes a weird whistling sound. I didn't really notice it till the end shootout when he was firing it a lot, but kind of like a firework whistle rather than a laser sound. It's a bit, it's a bit piss weak, really. Okay. Take it off and he can fire a missile out of it, which he uses to blow down a wall and escape. But really, the the, the thing that he he is on in the cover, which I'm just showing Dick oh, now, wow. is his mobile unit. Now, if That's I could describe it to you, imagine a treadmill running machine, that kind of shape. Yep. Um, imagine that either side of the treadmill part were tank tracks. Yep. So it's got like a large flat base with tank tracks on either side. And yep. right at the front, instead of the control thing where you set the speed and the elevation stuff, remove that and just use that guardrail to stop yourself falling off the front. And that's it. So the Mandroid is stood at the front of this platform with like a metal bar around his waist. And this thing's driving all over the place. It's going downstairs. And every time he gets in it, I spend the whole time just worried he's going to fall on his face. Like it's going to tip over face first because he's right at the front. It's almost like um, Kate Winslet and Titanic. He's just like leaning forward. And this thing's going down angles and stuff. Imagine if she had like, you know, instead of Leo DiCaprio on a boat, he was here on like a treadmill with like tank tracks. Yeah, draw me, draw me like one of your cyborg experiments, Jack. <laughs> oh, God, it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, obviously, he's not going to fall over because they wouldn't have left that in the film. But it's weird. Every time I watch this film, I, I spend the whole time worried for his safety. Does he look a bit panicked when he's on this? Yeah, he doesn't look comfortable or happy with it at all. Um, Can I stop but, you there as well? You just it. said this is, the like, you know, it's a really good opening. Is yeah. this the opening? This is just the opening scene. Amazing. This is yeah. amazing. It's got materialising pods. It's got deformed scientists, uh, local hick guards, and a tank cy- slash cyborg laser firing killing machine. I mean, it, get, it gets better. This just that, adds it, to the list. Uh, you know, clearly this has won some Oscars. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll, get to I'll, I'll give you the Oscar run when we get down. Good. So then... Um, uh, we we meet uh, Nora Hunter, Colonel Nora Hunter, who, shock horror, she's not only a colonel, she's not only a scientist, she's a woman. And they do go to quite a lot of lengths in this film to be like, but you're a woman, kind of horseshit. Um, played by Denise Crosby, who we had starring opposite Schwarzenegger in our third Commando film, who played Tasha Yar on Star Trek Next Generation, and who's very, very good in this. Very charismatic very uh, and actually i will say across the board the acting is generally pretty good in this they've they've cast it well for the kind of movie it is um and she's working on a little robot called spot and this robot if you can imagine like an 80s toy Mm. um like big track or or simon that kind of build quality and size mixed with wordy from those school kind of education videos or um, old Bob from the black hole 
It's like a little yeah. shit R2-D2. It's only about this big. Yeah. And I think it's supposed to be cute. It sounds annoying. It, I mean, it could... It, they don't give it a voice or anything. It doesn't okay. beep or, or, or make wisecracks. So it, thankfully, it's okay. But we could do without it. Now, brilliantly, she's working in some kind of installation. And the Mandroid, we're not fucking around here. He's already there. He's already somehow crossed over from Mexico to the US and rocks up to the compound, breaks in, um, and he's sneaking around. So, I mean, he's kind of the build of Robocop, right? Yeah. He's big. I mean, he's a bit more cardboardy, but he's big. And he's wearing a detective's kind of hat and a trench coat to try and blend in. He looks like Crichton or Herman Munster. Uh, is he still on these wheels? No, no. He's left his wheels in Mexico for now. Okay, so he's got um, legs. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he, right. he's, he's a big... Big old guy, and he's got a glowing red eye. Um, so th this disguise is fooling no one. Um, he gasses one of the guards, so he's got uh, a green knockout gas as one of it. I don't know whether he, it's a different hand attachment or whether his hand attachments have got multiple things on them, um, but it's kind of very Joker esque, right? Um, and basically, he finds her. Uh, she says that Reeves died five years ago, and he's like, No, no, he's not. Um, he's keeping himself alive with transplants and all kinds of stuff. We don't really know what's wrong with him. He's got a kind of saggy face as well as having to pump red juice into him. But basically, basically like he's... Prince Philip. Yeah. If you saw a normal person and when they turned, their other half of their face was Prince Philip's face. That's kind yeah. of the, the deal. Yeah. Um, and uh, it looks like she, sorry, uh, Reeves has nicked all of Nora Hunter's technology. So the Mandroid is basically built out of the same parts she'd been developing and the kind of sending people's <coughs> dematerialization technology is what she's practicing with Spot. Spot's a scout robot that can kind of vanish and teleport. So she's like, this this, this is bullshit. Who's nicking my stuff? Um, so she's got a teleporting device. The the little robot teleports itself. Bloody rather than just flying around. Yeah, it's all it's all it's all go. But although do remember, one of these things is not true. Right? right. So remember okay. That. Um, okay. not one of one of the things I will tell you tonight. Okay. Now at this point, um it's established that that Mandroid, although we, we see this kind of in the opening kind of mo abstract montage, Mandroids doesn't really know where he's from or what he's doing, but he's got memories of Roman centurions. Right. And him firing lasers at Roman Centurions. But that's and and crashing a plane. But that's all he knows. So they decide, the two of them, let's fly over to Mexico and fuck up Abbott Reeves. Right? He's nicked my technology, he's nicked your memories. I'm the only one that can fix you. Let's head off uh, and fuck some shit up. On the way, they they're in a car, they get attacked by carjackers very randomly. I think it's just to give Mandroid something to do. And okay. to dis and to announce another, he's got magnetic hands. So he gets out the car, and the carjackers are pointing their guns at Denise Crosby's character, and he just holds up his hand and sucks the gun onto his hand, and then crushes it. Um, he never uses that ever again in the film, but it has. That sounds like it might lead on to like you know, yeah, he's he's the the you know these kind of awkward sex scenes, and he's kind of he's he's just oh so I'm so sorry that that's happened. Oh no, yeah. taking your magnetic bra off. None of that happens. I take it. Yeah. Oh no, you've got piercings. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> No, unfortunately, that, that doesn't okay. happen. Not on screen, anyway. 
So they're off to Mexico to kill Reeves. Now, we, we kind of join them. They're in a hotel. Um, Mandroid, what do you imagine Mandroid does when he's... Bear in mind, he's got no memories. Yeah. He, apparently, only half his brain is his own. The rest is robotic. Right. Um, and obviously, he's a quite a sorrowful character. What do you think the first thing he does when he gets to a hotel in Mexico? Uh, does he... Does he try and integrate himself with a vending machine or something? No, no, he puts the football on and sits down and watches <laughs> the football. So he's watching the football and uh, Spot, the shitty little robot, goes up and turns the TV off to, to watch cartoons. Now, the robot doesn't have like eyes or anything and it doesn't speak, but apparently it likes cartoons. And this kind of bugs Mandroid a little bit. He's like, what is this thing? And Hunter's like, well, he's, he's a scout robot. It's going to help us out. Spot stands for something. I can't remember what it is. Um, and he's like, it's too shiny to be sneaking around the woods. I'm like, have you looked in the fucking mirror? Like that hat isn't fooling anyone. You've got a glowing red eye and you're about seven foot tall. I think a, a little robot um, is not going to be a problem. Um, so now they need to hire a guide to take them up river. And this is where we're introduced to our fourth member, third member even of, if it's fourth if you count spot, of eliminators, not the eliminators. Right. You'll see on the cover, there's no the, they're just there, eliminators. There I, can, I, can, I can verify that yeah. for that so one the, person the, who's listening uh, to this. I'm not counting spot. He's a, he's a tool, not a character. So the third member of eliminators. Um, and that is Harry Fontana. <laughs> um, this guy's played by Andrew Preen, who... Or Prime, I don't know how to pronounce it, but um, you will have seen before. Basically, if you can name an American TV show, he's been in it. Um, Beretta, A Team, V, um, probably TJ Hooker. Yeah, did she wrote? Probably, yeah, yeah. He's, when he's he got been in when the, the more violent seasons when when she, you know, she started doing hand to hand combat. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and he's not um, a formidable looking fella. He's kind of. Well, yeah, he's just a normal-looking bloke, really. Um, and he's a kind of swarthy... I think he's supposed to be a little bit Indiana Jones, a little bit Michael Douglas in Romance in the Stone, that kind of... But he's not, like, physically imposing. He doesn't really get into any action. He's just kind of conning his way through life. Um, his catchphrase... Is, well, when I say his catchphrase, he doesn't say this, but it's no questions. And he's got that written on the back of his boat and on the back of his shirt. He's got it sewed right. into the back of his shirt. Um, although he does ask quite a lot of questions in this. Um, and he's kind of old-fashioned in a sense that he's a horrible sexist throughout this, this film. Okay. But supposed to be charming at the same time. Now, he's having a drink, not in a bar, in a cafe. This is clearly a cafe in, in broad daylight, like a greasy spoon kind of thing. Yeah. Whatever Mexico's version that is. And... Um, uh, a, a rather butch lady called Bayou Betty who wanders in and she doesn't like him very clearly. Um, and then shortly after she comes in and starts mouthing off at him, Denise Crosby, Hunter walks in and announces she's looking for the toughest person in this place. Uh, she wants to hire them as a guide. So then everyone proceeds to try and prove who's the toughest by launching a fight. But it's not a bar fight because they're not a bar. So it's a cafe fight. Which right. has a distinct. I mean, it's the same. They're breaking chairs and stuff over each other, but it's in a. It's clearly in a cafe. It's kind of weird. And basically, everyone beats the shit out of each other. Other. He jumps out at the end, knocks one person out, walks out as if he's done it all, and so she hires him. Um, 
and they fuck off in the boat. Um, so that's him, Hunter, the Mandroid, and Spot. And uh, Betty, the, lar- the, the kind of large, tough lady, runs out. And now she's got this, what well, I think a friend. She punches him in the face and then apologises for it. But he's basically called Maurice, and he's a small French man with a moustache in, like, a, a short sleeve shirt. Um, and basically all the people in the cafe despite finding each other, now decided they're going to get Fontana. So they all get in their boats and chase after him. We then have a boat chase shootout. Crosby says she'll take hold of the boat while Fontana sorts it out. And he's like, um, no, you're not doing that. And she says, do you think I'm just because I'm a woman, I can't pilot this boat? And he goes, yes. But, you know, he's supposed to be charming. So we'll, we'll, we'll go with it. And then he heads to the back and says, I saw this trick in a movie once. And he does the old barrel out the back, shoots it, it explodes. Um, and all the people fuck off. Um, but they don't really, and they carry on. And at this point, Mandroid steps in. There's the Betty in her boat is the last remaining pursuer, and he fires a <laughs> torpedo. But I, I think it might be the same missile, but it does travel underwater and hit the boat. Okay. Um, then the boat breaks down, and Fontana can't fix it. It's a hunter who, bear in mind, builds fucking robots that teleport and cyborgs and shit. He's like, I'll do it. And he's like, no, 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 you're not touching my boat. And she's like, I know a little bit about engineering. He goes, all right, then. So she fixes it straight straight away because obviously this is easy shit for her. But it, like, he then looks at her like, oh, he did it. And then she looks really pleased, like... I'm good, aren't I? Like, you've built robots for fuck's sake. This is nothing. You shouldn't... Jesus Christ. Just because she's proven herself to this prick. Betty and Maurice get fished out of the water by some of the... Um... Oh, hang on. They get fished out. Did, you not... Did the robot not fire a torpedo at them? Oh, they jumped out of the boat oh, okay. uh, before it blew up. So right, they're, they're fine. Yeah. And um, they uh, get picked up by some of Reeves's A-team henchmen who are also zipping about in a speedboat um and kind of find out about what's going on and put two and two together the a torpedo firing large man he's probably the mandroid they're supposed to kill i've got this impression of like like a guess who where they're saying right did he have an uh a red eye click yeah did he have a torpedo arm mm, yeah mm, click yeah. did he and I'm like it's him there's no one else knocking yeah. around who has <laughs> a red eye and a torpedo yeah. arm. there's only one face left <laughs> it's the mandroid <laughs> <laughs> That's our kind of introduction to Mexico section out of the way. We're about a third of the way into the movie now. Um, And then we go into the jungle. And this is where it becomes kind of like an Indiana Jones-style adventure movie. There's a bit of a split. So they ditch Fontana and and head off. Like, your service is done now. We're off. We're going to walk the rest of the way. Um, They get a bit lost, which is where Spot comes in useful to, to scan around. There's some stuff where she gets trapped in a wreckage of an aeroplane and whatever. Um, and this is where Mandroid exhibits another power. Which has got a winch attachment. We then cut back to Reeves' henchmen. Um, and it's very clear now there's two lead henchmen. One really big guy who I'll talk about in a bit. And a kind of smaller um, Mexican guy. And they're kind of... They seem to be the most competent of his uh, people, but they're also the ones that fell out of a speedboat. So I'm not entirely sure. Now Reeves, um, his face is slightly more repaired. It's kind of stitched up and a little bit firmer. Now it's not like sagging off his face. He's also built a lightning gauntlet. 
Wow, so, okay. And when they come in, he can like fire lightning out of it, like proper like Emperor Palpatine, unlimited oh, wow. power kind of lightning, which he kind of you know threatens. That, that them also with. sounded like Prince Philip, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and he's like, if you fail me again, I'm gonna fucking lightning the shit out of you. And they're like, I won't fail next time. He looks at them, and he just fires a bit of lightning at his testicles. <laughs> Like on onto his balls just for a little bit, and he stands there, the, the the bigger guy, and just sort of shakes, and then he stops, and he goes, "Yeah, I won't fail you again," and walks off. Which is at weird. that point like, you'd be like, "I'm off, I'm out of here." Yeah, I don't now, like this. Is not motivating me. Now, like, now I like sort of... I like targets, lightning to the testicles. You, you imagine not... him in HR, like yeah. he's taking my HR. Well, what's what's the matter? Well. I'm not. I've not been happy for a while. Well, yeah. You, you know, you came to me three months ago. What else has developed now? He's got a fucking lightning gauntlet now. Yeah. Oh, has he? Yeah. Has he fired at you? Yeah, he's fired at my balls. Mm. Oh, yeah, I can see where you're going there. Well, that, you know, we'll have to get rid. We'll have to get rid. I think. I think you're right there. Um, and also, I think it's important that he never uses that gauntlet again in the film. <laughs> it's the only time it's there. It's exclusively to shoot a ray of electricity into a man a fat man's balls <laughs> and then it never rears its head again um so now we get into the dense part everything i've been talking to you is all build up we're halfway through the movie now shit starts nice. to happen so they the heroes are off in the jungle right mandroid is still having memories of roman soldiers right so there is a distinct sense there's some kind of time travel in role involved in this transportation device he's in at the start these guys are in mexico they're on a kind of adventure trail what do you think will be the next obstacle or adversary or adversaries they will come up against do they go to some sort of aztec temple where loads of kind of native warriors come out of well i mean it's kind of close cavemen like Neanderthal cavemen. Right. Like proper lump-headed. Yeah, yeah. Neanderthal Amazing. cavemen. Um, capture them. Now, this is something that I spent a bit of time staring at as a fact when I was on that IMDb. One of the cavemen is played by a guy called Jose Farino, uh, who I believe is also a manager of a football club. Okay, uh, Jose Farino. That's it. Mar I think yeah. he's Marino, not... But apparently it's not the same person because oh, it really shame. threw me. It really that's threw me. That'd be amazing. Um, now, there's a couple of things that happen in this scene. So at the moment, just, just to be clear, Mandroid's fallen off the boat. He fell into some water and they can't find him. So Spot has gone off to track him down. Fontana and uh, Hunter have been captured by the cavemen. These cavemen are slightly pervy. They keep grabbing both characters' asses, to which... <laughs> The the you know charming Fontana says these cavemen get slapped on the ass, fruity cavemen, and I was like fucking someone punch this prick. Um, he's being homophobic towards cavemen. Now I think it's important to note at this stage that all of the cavemen are wearing loincloths, but that are only at the front. So all of them have their asses out. This is slightly disturbing. Um, because you see a lot of they're, they're clearly, you know, extras who've had like dirt painted, so just dirty asses. Not like they haven't, they haven't wiped or anything. 
but just like they asses that have just finished a day at a coal mine kind of thing. Now, just in case you didn't hate Fontana already, despite the fact he's always kind of put forward as a kind of charming, dashing hero, he says to Hunter, um, I think we're going to die here. I don't want the last face to, to, to I see to one of these cavemen. So give us a kiss. He, Hunter, very wisely, being a scientist, says, no, fuck off. So he kisses her anyway. So he sexually assaults her. Yeah. Um, but it's a ploy, you see. So while he's kissing her, he takes a cartridge, a gun cartridge out of her pocket and clicks off some of the bullets in her hand. He's like, throw them in the fire. So she does. And there's an explosion and they run off. Now, a little bit later on, she says to him, hang on a minute. They don't speak English. You could have just told me that without kissing me. And he goes, I know, but then I wouldn't have got a kiss. And she's like, oh, you. He just sounds like a huge prick. Yeah. You know what this film's missing, don't you? Ninjas. Yep. So Ninja turns up. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Spot on. Um, so Takada, the Japanese scientist, has got a son who has come here also to hunt down Reeves. Amazing. Um, and he's a ninja, despite being played by um, a Hong Kong actor, Conan Lee. Um, and Conan Lee, I first uh, came across this fellow in a film called Tiger on the Beat with Chaeyoung Fat, which ends with Conan Lee having a chainsaw fight with someone, like a mm -hmm. martial arts chainsaw fight. If you haven't seen it, either yourself, uh, Monsieur Visage, or anyone out there in the real world, um, just put Tiger on the B or Conan Lee chainsaw fight into YouTube. You're welcome. And he's here to hunt Reeves. Now, Mandroid has extricated himself from the water along with Spot. Is he covering and... like, like weeds and stuff? And he's all like sparking and rusted. <laughs> no, he seems to be waterproof, um, yeah. which you think Hunter would have known, but she seemed generally concerned when he fell in the water. Now, we meet the ninja fishing. Yeah. How do you think a ninja fishes, Dick? Uh, I think you just throw a sword in the water a lot. He's he's on the rock, kind of poised a bit like Spider Man, and he sucks a fish out of the water. In other words, they've they've reversed him dropping a fish in the water. So he's about three feet feet away from the water, and just by like Jedi powers, a fish leaps out of the water into his hand. So. This is the universe. Because that's what ninjas do. Clearly. Ninjas can have Jedi powers and can use them to suck fish from their nearby habitats. The the three of them meet up with others and rescue them from the cavemen. Um, and Conan Lee, the ninja, uh, nunchucks the shit out of a couple of cavemen, which I believe was originally cut in the UK release. I don't think I'd seen that scene before because, you know, um, the BBFC, during our childhoods, thought anything with a ninja in deserved an 18 certificate and anything with nunchucks in can go because... You and I both know, we're roughly the same age, that it was very difficult to survive at secondary school in playtime without getting hit with a nunchuck because of all the copycat nunchucks. So yeah, annoying. I mean, you, but that's the problem is that, you know, you had to bring nunchucks into school to defend against the nunchucks. So yeah. I'm not proud of it, but, you know, you ready for another Mandroid power? Yes. So they get on a raft. He sticks his feet in the water. And jets come out the bottom and can propel a raft through the water. Right. Why did he not use these to extricate himself from the water? I don't know. They seem to be designed specifically for that eventuality. What's even better is they immediately break. 
So they start off and she goes, right, we're away. Slow down. He goes, I can't. They've malfunctioned and they crash. <laughs> now, here's something else that happens. And I remember this being something that baffled me when I first saw this film. Now, it's a little bit more subtle here. It was really obvious. I'm sure about this. And I'm also go I'm, I'm going a bit mad now because it's so subtle. I'm not entirely sure about this. And this is something that I'm happy to be challenged on if, if people want to go and investigate. But I'm pretty sure... So Conan Lee, I don't, I don't know how well he speaks English, and I suspect he's dubbed in this. The person dubbing his voice changes at this point. Right. Like watching that, you think, oh, maybe Conan Lee is just speaking. Mm. Whereas the voice before, it sounded like someone else dubbing it. But it's so subtle now, I, I'm second guessing myself. So it, it, I can tell you, for anyone who's interested in these kind of little things, they, they rock up and find mandroid's mobile unit hidden under some trees between that scene and when they cut to um hunter fixing it and talking to the ninja about knowing his dad that's when the voice has changed anyway enough of that then they get attacked by trikes so um these morons rock right. up on trikes now the big guy is a guy called peter shrum um and if you look at him on imdb he's got a nickname he's called aka pig iron pete but I tell you what, he's well up for stunts because when that speedboat's fire going around the water really fast, it's him on it firing a shotgun. And on this, when the trike gets shot and flips over, it, it looks like it's him falling off it. Now, I don't know whether that's intentional or not, but he seems well up for... Um... Unless he wasn't up for it. They're just like... Yeah. Um, before he's like, right, ride the trike really fast. And the director walks away and goes, oh, we've got his stuntmen. The guy's like, what? So how many yeah. stuntmen? Sorry. Action. And he's like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um... And he also gets to say the line, I'll get you, you scrapyard son of a bitch, before he runs off into the into the woods. We've got the trike battle out of the way. At night, they're camping out. Suddenly, Reeves manages to hack Spot. And Spot goes mad and starts throwing lasers all over the place. The ninja dodges all the lasers and just does a somersault, just fucking cuts Spot in half. Amazing. Which is a blessed relief. Um, it, it sounds it, like it is. Yeah. yeah. Then, out of the wreckage of Spot, Reeves's head appears as a hologram, just a spinning disembodied head that warns them all to turn back or die. Like Prince Philip. Like Prince Philip. Now, do you think Eliminators turn back? Uh, I'm guessing not. We're, we're going to the finale now where they um, attack Reeves's Mexican lair. Now, I will say this. At this point, we've established exactly what's going on with the plot. Reeves has a plan. His plan is to travel back in time and take command of the Roman Empire. Right. As plans go, that's quite a big one. <laughs> it is a big one. And I don't know why the Roman Empire. That's never really explained. I think he's just got a thing for it. And he's been sending Mandroid back in time to kill Romans and steal their artifacts. Again, I'm not really sure why he needs their artifacts to go back in time. But Surely, anyway. if you're going to take control of any army, it should be something that are trained in like weapon, like you know, guns and laser combat, as opposed yeah. to people who threw spears and stuff. Because you know, if you took over the world now, you'd be like, well, the Romans have got a lot of spears; they'll just get shot with you know, with gunfire and you know, modern. Yeah. Warfare. And also, I mean, I think as well, since he's dying, 
you might want to go somewhere that's got advanced medicine rather yeah. than somewhere that doesn't have the very things he needs to stay alive. Yeah. So, it, you know, again, they just kind of throw that out there like it's a... Can you imagine um, that one of his henchmen is explaining this and there's two henchmen at the back and he's like, did he just say the Roman Empire? And he was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think he, he can't have said that. Oh, no. No, he did. Yeah. Why is he taking over the Roman Empire? Fuck knows. Should yeah. we get out of here? Because he's going mental. Yeah. Which, and I think at this point, you can assume that's why he must have brought back some cavemen, which is why they're in the woods. Again, right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why he's bringing stuff back. Basically, they all, they all get captured. It's a big shootout with all these kind of um, renter goons. The larger henchman mans uh, an ion disruptor, which is a big laser cannon. But before he gets to shoot it, the ninja throws a, a throne star into the barrel of it and it backfires, disintegrating both him and his Mexican friend. So that's them gone. And really during the shootout, you know, Fontana and Hunter are just shooting rifles off and there are occasional stuntmen falling off a wall. But Mandroid shoots some lasers, but really the ninja does all the work. The ninja's cartwheeling around, kicking the shit out of everyone. And it's pretty good. So anyway, they beat all the henchmen. Then Reeves walks out he's completely cured he looks pretty good yep. he's also dressed in his own mandroid armor right. which is themed like roman centurion armor so his chest plate is kind of gold colored he's got red he's got his gauntlet which now only fires lasers not lightning and a centurion shield and a cape right. so he right. he wanders out so he's basically um, like robo robo caesar basically yeah yeah and he's like cackling like a maniac and firing lasers now there, like I said, there's no lightning. There's no balls are left unelectrified at this point. Um, although he does fire like a purple energy net or cage over Fontana, the ninja, and Hunter, which kind of goes over and starts to shrink. Okay. And um, the only way to get rid of it is for Mandroid apparently to stick his hand in there and blow himself up, which he does. And dies. It's kind of supposed to be sad. But obviously, he's in clunky armor. And as he rolls over, there's just like a squeaky joint sound. And it kind of undermines his death a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it got a chuckle out of me, which I don't think is what they were going for. Anyway, Reeves jumps back in time. Um, but just as he does, uh, Hunter and Fontana mess about with the controls. Instead of going back to Rome, he goes back to prehistoric times which is just lava and shit. I really want him to get eaten by a dinosaur. I was going to say, please tell me the dinosaur that appears in it. No, but we're left with him on like a rock surrounded by lava going, Ow! and then um, uh, back to, to Hunter and Fontana who laugh, freeze frame, credits. Amazing. And that's, Amazing. that's Eliminators. That sounds like about five hours worth of stuff. I mean, there's a there. lot. There is a lot packed in. Yeah, I don't have the exact running time, but it's not... Uh, I think it's one hour 35. I think it's 95 minutes. So before we, before we go any further, what was I lying about? So of all the ridiculous Christ. shit I've said, one of those things wasn't I mean, true. Early on, I was like, it's got to be that. But then it got more ridiculous. Yeah. So it, it, first what? it was caveman, and then it was got, you know, his, his lightning gauntlet. Yeah. Then it was fighting centurions, but all that seems to be quite integral to the plot. If 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 someone had explained this to me, I would have said the sucking the fish out of the water. And I didn't. I'd I've seen this film a couple of times. I'd forgotten that happened, and even I double took when I saw it. And like I say, you know, a teleporting robot. I was like, that's bollocks. But again, that at the end of it, that seems very plausible for what you're yeah. saying with the film. 
I don't know. Um, so the thing I made up was you see the cavemen's asses. <laughs> Everything else happens. Wow. I um, mean, that's... that sounds like they could have just shoehorned that straight in there. It's the 80s. So, you know, yeah. it's always like, you know, tits and arse all the time. Yeah. It's, um, it, is, wow. it is a joy. It is a joy. Now, with that done, with that insanity out the way, we are going to dip in and check in with what's going on with last week's keyword so last week we did death ring a film that i hadn't seen and you had and uh can you remind us dick what keywords we um submitted i can but i'm not happy about this i feel like i've been you know absolutely shafted so we had awful dummy yep (laughs) disappointing relatives Denim Inferno <laughs> and Mr. Dead. Yeah. And they've all, all, been, all been declined. What? IMDb has either got wise to us or something's happened where some 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 shit at IMDb Towers has, has found out and he's he's blocking he's blocking our you know our our path to glory here. So you know what? Bollocks to him. Yeah, I'm not having that. Your loss, IMDb. We are not doing keywords this week. Um, yeah, you heard so, us, IMDb. Full Clyde um, at you. So what we thought we did, we didn't do it last week. We thought, well, I thought this this film, I mean, again, you know, if, if, you, if you're a listener and you're near an internet search engine, which I'm sure you are, just put in uh, Eliminator's 1986 poster, gander on that and tell me that's not just a toy line right there. All day long, all day long. So imagine, Dick, it's your, your your birthday, and you open your first present, and it's a mandroid figure, oh. right? You could take one of his arms off and put something else on, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe if he's slightly bigger, you can press a button on his back, and his red eye lights up, right? Then imagine you open your second bigger present, and it's his mobile unit. You slot the figure in the front, and it's remote controlled, and you can drive him around your kitchen floor. Amazing. Like under the lino, all through the there was a there was an advert for the speeder bikes from uh, Return of the Jedi, a toy advert. Yeah, where the kids were playing under their kitchen table and using the chair legs and stuff as the woods. Mm. And I think that's amazing. And I tried that, but I tried it during dinner when people were sat down. It didn't work quite as well. <laughs> but you're driving Mandroid round through the Mexican woods, as far as you're concerned. Yeah, maybe you know, maybe the cat has a bat at him. You're like, why not? The the film's got cavemen, they're giant. Yeah giant cat creature it's fantastic um and then obviously you know with the 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 pocket money you buy the ninja next right of course yeah now being boys of a particular time you know unfortunately shame to admit it we'd have probably been embarrassed to buy the female figure so i think fontana loathsome little turd that he is we'd have probably bought him um but I think hunter would have come with spot and that would have been an attractive proposition yeah that's true um but obviously, we'd have also wanted Abbott Reeves in his cyborg centurion suit as well. I think he'd be like, you remember the He-Man figures that came out and they were battle damaged ones? Yes. So like you pressed something on their chest and they're kind of like they had like bashed in stuff and different mm. armor. He could have that. So you could have like, he looks like, you know, full, just normal kind of, quite, you know, athletic bloke. And then by the end of it, he just looked like a, 
an acid spewing Prince Philip with a centurion armor on. I think that Fontana should come with a playset that's um, a sexist in the workplace uh, class playset. Yeah, like he's been forced to go on one. It's a HR uh, office. Yeah, you can't you can't <laughs> just kiss people without their consent. And yes, women are perfectly capable to drive boats and fix engines, especially ones that build fucking robots for a living, you twat. <laughs> and in the place at the whiteboard, with like things crossed out, like yeah. <laughs> lightning gauntlets of the balls crossed out. <laughs> yep. Sleeveless, t- boaty twat. No questions, <laughs> knob end. Yeah, but a remote control um, mandroid would be the, the, the prize there. The Pierre d'Or, the Chateau Neuf du Pape of... Yep. The Biggest. creme de la top. <laughs> That's it. That's him. Yeah. Okay, uh, we're French, in case you didn't. We, I guess we, we're, we're alienating our English-speaking listeners. Sorry. We've gone back into our native language. Uh, uh, apologies. Many mercies to you all. Right. No more fucking about. Let's pitch some shit. I'm going to go straight into the title generator. Let's yeah. just go for a title and go from there. Yeah. Um, okay. Cranking this mother up. Samurai Caravan. Malibu Fighter. Alien Armageddon. I think that's actually a film. Yeah. The Wife, the Lover, and the Red Child. Ooh. I think that's a little bit art house for what yeah. we're going. Sex Soldier. <laughs> that's more like him. <laughs> Uh, undaunted bondage, karate negotiations, naked underdog, surgical command. It's quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, glorious thighs. Uh, Gloria. Uh, or glorious. Glorious thighs. That's oh. <laughs> <laughs> a very specific film. Man. Oh, it's super party. <laughs> that was a super party. Uh, raging cop. Uh, massive escape. Aftermath at Mega Swamp. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Nasty Nightclub. Uh, Mind of the Hot Shark. <laughs> Hicks of the Inappropriate Invader. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pissy Dragons. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Thunder Action. Uh, Codename Steel Truck. Dismembered Robots, Extended Chase, McCluskey, Steel Hound. That's McCluskey, colon, Steel Hound. I like that, I like that. I mean, that would fit. Or Bloody Robot. I like McCluskey, Steel Hound. Yeah. I like that. Okay, I'm just, I'm just... Oh, what uh, about we add an S on? McCluskey, Steel Hounds. Yes. So it's McCluskey and his Steel Hounds. Yeah. I just, I just tapped ahead just in case anything jumps out. I don't know if fisting party is gonna <laughs> is gonna no. make it. Um, uh, or oh god, suck men. Bad straight to video <laughs> film title generator. I'm 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 putting her to bed. Yeah, I think it's only only no, for the best. She knows what she's done. Yeah. So we are going to sit down and watch McCluskey colon Steel Hounds. Now I like the idea. So in America, you and, and Americans out there who, who may be listening, you, you know this already because you're you're Americans. Um, you had your TV shows, which could only be anything from your, um, you know, your Night Riders to your Airwolves to your Highwaymen. 
for those people out there that remember Sam Jones's futuristic truck to Columbo and what have you. Then you had your TV movies. So these were things that were kind of reoccurring TV movies. So Tom Selleck has made a bunch of straight to TV movies of the same thing. So I like the idea that McCluskey, there's a McCluskey one. Yeah. And it's a story about a man who becomes uh, a cyborg. Mm -hmm. Then the second film in the McCluskey series, straight to TV, TV movie, is McCluskey colon Steel Hounds. You know, it's not uncommon for a British actor to get a role in an American TV series. For example, Remington Steel had Piers Brosnan. Um, I've run out of examples. Equaliser with Edward Brood. Exactly. And I'll tell you what, in that era, if we're going mid... If we go 1985, 1986, right? How old would Derek Jacoby have been then? I still, in my head, he's always been like 75. Yeah, I, I think he would have been the same age as Edward Woodward, roughly, yeah. right? So I don't think it's ridiculous that Derek Jacoby, to supplement his earnings as a as a theatre actor yeah. at all, yeah. um, with a little bit of stateside work, you know, yeah. Patrick Stewart made Star Trek in 1987. To have taken a role, maybe he, you know, Patrick Stewart was talking about, I've been offered this thing, I'm going to start shooting to be released next year. It's a new Star Trek. And Jacoby's like, fuck off. I need some of that action. Yeah. Then flollop, a, a big fat script lands on his desk for, for, yeah. for two, two TV films called McCluskey. And he's like, I'm having that. Woodward can do it. Stewart can do it. Yeah. Fucking Jacoby's having some of that pie. And he, and he talks about himself in uh, again, we're not going to ever see this, but he talks about himself <laughs> in the third person. Yeah, I imagine he does, yeah. yeah. Um, Jackie doesn't even read the script. He gets, yeah. he just runs out the house to the airport, yeah. gets on the plane, bursts in, is like, Jacoby's ready to start. So he plays McCluskey. And yeah. I think McCluskey is a kind of a war hero, mm-hmm. like a special serviceman who fought as an allied trooper in world yep. war two yeah and who was seemingly killed uh, attacking hitler's bunker is it like he, a british universal soldier yes he killed hitler right? okay yeah but obviously because he was so secret they couldn't like admit to him existing so the cover story is that hitler hitler killed himself but class gets shipped back to the states Mm-hmm. And because he's military property now, he gets put on storage until the uh, Robo Man project. Oh, I want something catchy like Mandroid because Mandroid's yeah. great. It is great. I like Mandroid. How about? Oh no, I got it. The Cyborg. Yeah. But it's Simon Borg. His first name Simon. <laughs> he's Simon McCluskey, and he's the yeah. Cyborg. Yeah, Cyborg. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, so there you go. It's, it's Project Cyborg. Yeah. And, and for me in the first film, he it's actually a, a rogue faction of the government rebuild him yeah. to kill an American senator. And it's like yeah. a conspiracy, like a 70s conspiracy theory. And he, he suddenly regains his programming, his memories, and he's like, no, no, I fight for freedom, not against it. And he turns on his captors and decides he's going to vanish off into the night. So when we meet him in McCluskey, colon, Steel Hounds, He's working like the A team or like the equalizer. He's solving little problems. Yeah. I think we start off in uh, a kind of very urban part of America. Mm. And there's an old an old boy and he's uh, in his shop. There's a lot of hoodlums with denim jacket, big sunglasses. Mm. Um, 
and they're kind of knocking things off his shelves and going, time to pay, pops. And mm. it's like, it's, it's a protection racket. And Can one of them have a, a like a hairnet? You know, those black yes. hairnets on? Yeah, absolutely. And one's got like, um, you know, kind of looks like, um, you know, the kind of characters in Back to the Future 2, where one's got like a kind of just a big kind of uh, skating helmet on. And it's got and, like devil horns. And can one have 3D glasses on? Yeah, one's got 3D glasses. Uh, yeah. And they're all got spray cans. You know, an yeah. accurate depiction of youth culture in the age. One's got like a huge clock around his neck. Yeah. And they're just knocking shit out of the shop. And this guy's like, I told you, this is the, the last time you're doing this to me. Then we, uh, we the door opens mm. and we hear a tinkle of a bell above yeah. the shop. And we see a pair of feet come in. In my head, I've got an image of Jacoby, how he is. All right. Mm. <laughs> are we going really English with this? Or are we just kind of going? Oh, oh, oh. I, I, you run with it. You so basically, we just we pan up, and he's just wearing plus fours. <laughs> like he looks like he looks like Mister Toad, <laughs> but <laughs> he's got like a cane, and uh, he pans up, um, and he's got a monocle. But the monocle is in, attached to his eye. Yeah, and when we 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 quickly cut to his his first person shot, yeah. and the monocle looks like the Terminator. There's a lot of information going across it, and kind of like it's scanning all the people, and it's kind of zooming in on the people. You know, yeah. like kind of old Robocop or Terminator, yeah. kind of sorting out their sights and their weak points and whatnot. And he's like, "You shits have harassed this man for the last time." Yeah. Um, and he keeps going, he's full English, but then occasionally there's a word he uses that's really American. Like he's chucked an American accent there, but like for only a few words. Yes. So when you said about him being full English, like, yeah. Now I'm now kind of imagining he's got like tails and a top hat. Yeah, with his plus fours. Yeah. But it's, but it's, it's robotic. So kind of Crichton esque. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of bulky and square. Yeah. But the other thing, that, and I don't know whether we want to go with this. The other thing that immediately sprung to mind is, you know, the people that paint themselves still, the human statues, the people that paint themselves <laughs> silver and stand. Yeah, I yeah. imagine he's wearing a top hat and a bulky kind of suit with tails. And he's got his like monocle, which is like a, a, a camera zoom lens. Yeah. But he's entirely silver. Yeah, why not? And they've asked Jacoby to kind of, Jacoby's, you know, a physical actor. He's used to making a lot out of nothing on stage. So yeah. he's doing the robot. That's how yeah. he moves. Um, and they put like servo sounds on in the soundtrack afterwards. So he scans um, the thing. You're right. And he's like, he's like oh, you ruffians uh, have ransacked this shop for the last time. And they're like, oh, what are you going to do, granddad or whatever? Um, and he goes, well, may I tip my hat to you? And he tips, he, he crouches over and the top of his top hat opens up and a missile fires out. Yeah. And the first gangster explodes like they yeah. filled a dummy full of mincemeat and, and yeah. awful, and it blows up like scanners. Yeah, it's pretty strong for a TV movie. I admit it. Yeah, I, we, I think we're watching the uncut Blu-ray. Yeah, that's just been released where they put all the violent scenes back in. Yeah, um, and the others are like, oh no, and they run, they scatter, mm. and I like that the, the shopkeeper maybe bangs one on the head with a pot. And Jacoby's cane throws it, and then we go first person with the cane, and it's flying, and it kind of spears someone against the it's, wall. It's a heat seek, and it chases them yeah. around, like the disc arcade. It chases them yeah. around, and it runs them through. So it's Jacoby painted silver with a top hat and tails and a cyber monocle, 
and plus fours. Yeah. Just imagine that for the cover. And I'm going to be clear here, like every time he appears, he's going to have an entirely new set of powers. Right? Oh, completely. Yeah. (laughs) Just like the Mandroid. And the shopkeeper's like, thanks for coming and helping. What's your name? And he goes, McCluskey. Simon McCluskey. And then freeze frame. And then as if made out of steel with like bolts in them, McCluskey colon. And then across the bottom, steel hounds. Yeah. Um, And then we cut to the the security room at the Oval Office, deep under the the White House. uh, It's just a black room with one computer in the middle on a desk to the spot. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the president pacing with his national, with a, with a couple of generals going, my God, my God. And this is where we find out the plot that's unfurling that obviously we, we, we're going to go completely one up on what I'm the first one. So it's not just kind of political. Something bigger has kicked off. I think it should be extraterrestrial. Yes. I think it should link to area. 51 or wherever it yeah. is. Or, is that it? Area 51? I yeah, think there should be an alien is, in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think that the alien um, has to... I think there's an alien and there's a scientist who's working with the alien Yeah. and is communicating with it. Mm-hmm. And the alien is peaceful, but if it doesn't get back to its mothership mm. and tell them that, it's going to be an invasion on Earth. Whereas the military are like, fuck it, let's dissect this prick. So E.T. style, the scientist smuggles the alien out mm-hmm. along with a microfilm. Remember them? Right. Uh, a secret microfilm. Uh, so in the in the, the information centre of the White House, we have someone tapping away on this computer and they're just tapping numbers on a green... Green numbers on a black screen. Yeah. As a woman runs through the suburban America or urban America with a, a, a you know a small it's like a child wrapped in cloth but it's actually the alien <laughs> as cars are, are pulling up and she Can runs in a shit pair of legs hanging out the back of it like just rubber legs <laughs> Kurt, like Kermit's legs you know those little <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and she runs into an empty warehouse and in there is uh Simon Borg, and he's basically, or it's like a factory, like an industrial state, like in Dark Man. Yeah. And he's basically, because he's got all the power he needs in there, he just hooks himself up to a generator, and that's where he sleeps and dreams. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, Who are you? And she's like, Well, I, I know who you are. I found you, right? I hacked into the Pentagon's database and, and tracked your tracer number. Mm-hmm. I need your help, Simon. Um, this is a fucking alien. I'm being chased by the military. We need to get him to this point to go up. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? That's how I, I mainly do, you know, shoplifting at the moment. And, you know, can he tell us to fuck skins. off first? He's like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on charge. <laughs> um, but she's like, no, no, we won't be going it alone. On this micro chi- microfilm, I've got every other project like you. There are another three secret military projects out there that can help us get this alien back. Yeah. The total name of this project is the Steel Hounds. Yeah. Now, how I don't know how you feel about this. I wonder whether Jacoby, maybe he was a little bit too excitable about flying over to America. Maybe actually he ended up 
padding himself out or the cast out with some other English theatrical actors. Yeah, I'll see where so you're going So maybe all of the still are. So I'm going to pitch to you that the female scientist is played by Helen Mirren. Yeah, I like it. Um, and it turns out that she's got a computer face or something. I don't know. She's she's got something in a she's 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 got like a slot in the back of her head. Yeah. That she that's why she's so smart and can communicate with the aliens. Can that be can that be voiced by Ian McKellen? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Brian Blessed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just completely um, gone rogue with his lines. Yeah. He's just shouted various things that he thinks he sounds spacey. I, I like the idea. I like the general kind of the proportions of Kermit. So a big, well, no, a, a kind of large, bulky, but stock squat body <laughs> and two very long legs. So I imagine like a, you know, the kebab thing in the window, cut that in half. So it's kind of like a meat, a brown meat cylinder. Yeah. With a face on it. Yeah. Like a big face. And the eyes move. Yeah. Control, these are like top-notch animatronics by a guy with a remote control side. And the mouth just kind of opens and closes. Yeah. And he's got two very, very spindly long legs, which are longer than his body. Yeah. And two arms. And it is a puppet. Like, the, the, the arms are on wires. Yeah. Um, but they're always moving. It, they're always moving. Yeah. Even when he's not talking. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's it's Brian Blessed's yeah. uh, voice coming Shouting out. Shouting what he thinks sounds alien-like words. Yeah, yeah. We've got cyborg. We've got alien. We've got computer scientists yeah and we need three more three more right. so uh, i know what i want for one of them go on patrick stewart as a wizard <laughs> yes like a proper pointy hat uh big gown with stars and moons on it and a wand amazing <laughs> um, his his name is uh al kazam <laughs> Alan Kazam hmm. um, and he uh, was part of a military experiment to uh, arm soldiers abroad with with magic his wand's got a star on the end as well so it's a proper fucking wizard hmm. he's doing magic shows at the moment um, to try and stay low because he escaped as well so our three people they, they've they, they've carrying the alien round in a pram so and what they've done is they've smeared uh, human looks like skin tone makeup over the top yeah. of Jacoby. So Jacoby's come to work, put the silver makeup on, and then put another layer of makeup. So he looks just thicker yeah. and in completely smooth. Like there's no cracks because it's just they've, they've it's like Artex they put over him, but but fresh coloured Artex. Um, and then Helen Mirren, and they sit down and they watch the magic act. And they go, and it's very good because he's actually doing magic. And they go back and try and convince him. But I like the fact that Patrick Stewart's drunk, like he's really fallen at rock bottom. Yeah. Like I used, I used to be a fucking wizard. Um, that's not a that's not a Patrick Stewart impression. That's the voice he's doing. Brilliant. Uh, I used to have everything, and now I'm up there fucking picking cards out of hats and shit. Mm. And they're like, well, "This is your chance for redemption." He's so go mentally. He's like, "Do you want a fucking rabbit? Do you want a rabbit? Go yeah. on, I've got loads of them here." Fucking rabbit, and he starts throwing rabbits at the, the people. <laughs> and Jacob's like, I know, I don't know about this fellow. He seems rather unpredictable. And Herman is like, No, no, we give him a chance. He, you know, think what a wizard could do. Patrick Stewart owes money to the mob as well, yeah, and they yeah. get chased, chased by comedy gangsters. Yeah. Um, and so there's a little car chase. So there's a car chase, um, uh, and very broadly sketched Italian American gangster 
stereotypes. Mm. Uh, they're in a black sedan. Yeah. Um, and our heroes are in like a, a a Ford van, like the eighteen van, but more kind of domestic. And they open the back up, mm. and uh, Patrick is firing lightning bolts at them out of his wand, and there's yeah. explosions going off. Uh, and Jacoby, um, we need to give him. A, I think this is where we get the tank tracks out. This is where yeah. he, like he pops out of the end, and he. <laughs> He's clearly got no control and he's terrified. <laughs> of, can, it be, can it be um, like, almost like a quad bike that he's on the front of or a unicycle? So basically he takes his, both his legs off and just puts one wheel. <laughs> See, I, I agree in my head. You know the things that babies run around in? It's like a, they sit oh, in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are they called? Yeah. Like uh, a, a baby walker. Yeah, baby walker. And he's, he's yeah, basically they... like a seat with like a... He just... He plops off the side of this van and he's got no steering on it. It's, it's like shopping trolley wheels. Four shopping trolley <laughs> wheels. And he's basically... Where the, the baby would have like the activity centre bit, he's, they've just got fl- flashing lights to make it look futuristic. So he rolls out on that and they've attached him to the back of the van with yeah. a rope. So yeah. as it goes around the corner, he goes really wide and like smashes through some bits. And he's clearly visibly terrified the whole time. <laughs> he's just saying, like, fuck. <laughs> he presses a button on the activity centre. It's not even a button, it's just a light. And um, like an oil slick comes out the back of it. Yeah. Um, and the car skids to a halt and the gangsters kind of lean out the window and rape raise their fists because they're going to be back in it later yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so that's the end of our first action then they go to meet our next character who's that going to be what so, what helen mirren has, has taken us she's like i know where to go this is safe haven and she's pulled up on this palatial church and she went we're on holy ground now we've no idea why gangsters can't go on holy ground but apparently they can't and then the doors open and we see this kind of old priest come out and he says um the person you you be looking for, he's he's in the church, and they go into the church. And this is where we get the spiritual angle on it, mm-hmm. because at the, this is where we kind of yeah, this is to fight the supernatural that we we get later on that we're going to throw in there. And we yeah. see at the front of the church, kind of someone on one knee, kind of praying. He's got the rosary beads on. He's got like a kind of a fedora and like a long leather coat, and it stood and he stands up, and uh, it's basically it's Van Helsing. Um, yes. vampire, vampire hunter, um, but played by James Bolan. <laughs> <laughs> so it's James Bolan dressed like Van Helsing. <laughs> with a... For those of you outside the UK, <laughs> uh, you know they're still with us. Yeah. Um, he he he's in a children's TV show when he basically plays Ant Man, but he's a shrinking old man. As opposed yeah. to a superhero who just runs. Is it gra- granddad in, granddad in my pocket? That's isn't it. it or yeah. Grandpa in my pocket. Grandpa in my pocket. Okay, so I think at this stage I would like to introduce the villain mm-hmm. because I think that we meet Van Helsing. That obviously a, a new wave of enemies need to come into yeah, yeah. to move them along. Yeah. And I think at this point the government should be involved. So the government <coughs> spooks should turn up. And I think they're led by a rogue government agent who's trying, who's in charge of the alien project, or yeah. the U.S. government's kind of X Files equivalent, supernatural uh, investigation department, the FBI. 
And I'm going to... Now, I would have gone with... I like the idea this guy's quite dapper and smooth-talking. I would have gone Robert Goulet, but we used him... Yeah, we did. ...for um, Escape from Hell. So I'm going to go with Ricardo Monteblanc, oh, the guy who played Khan. Oh, good choice. Right? So he steps out of another tinted window black sedan, um, and he's got... So he's got at his disposal all the supernatural stuff they've discovered yeah. over the over the years. And he's like, we know they're in there. They're no, We know we're there with Van Helsing. Mm. Um, but is he a descendant of Van Helsing? Stan Helsing. Yep, Stan Helsing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm trying he's... to think, like, I was thinking, could he be a robotic one and be Man, man Helsing? <laughs> <laughs> no, but Stan Helsing's good. But he's, um, um, he's fought vampires. We, we, we've never seen him do that, but he, he said that he's fought vampires. So he, the, the idea of vampires exists in this world that we live in. Oh, yeah, there's going to be vampires. Yeah. Um, so, Ricardo Monteblanc, there's a bunch of cars crop up, and out of it get a bunch of fucking vampires. Yeah. It's at night now, and they're like, we'd be delighted to take him out. So, they get attacked in the church by vampires. Um, so, obviously, Van Helsing. Now, I like the idea that... I don't know whether this is what you're thinking, but I think the Van Helsing character should be the ninja of the group. Yes. He should be really adept, and he's, like, firing crossbows with stakes in. Yeah. And Absolutely. he's got, like crucifix shaped throwing batarang things yep um but it's bolum <laughs> yep. doing it um and every every time like we get i i've just got this image of the way it's shot like it's very very rarely wide shots when it goes into the action with bolum it's always like a close-up of like the stake firing then back to his face and back to and he hasn't reloaded it's just another stake already in there yeah so it's like rapid fire but every time it cuts back to bone, it's slightly closer in on his face until we're like like eyes to mouth. And yep. he's really got this intense gurn going yep. on. Um, meanwhile, Patrick Stewart's pissed off his head and firing rabbits and shit at people and turning yep. people into frogs. Yep. And laughing at it. Yeah. Like theatrical laughing, like, you know, from the diaphragm. Yeah. Oh! Um, and of course, now Jacoby at this point, um, I like the idea that his eyepiece fires laser stakes so yes. it's like a they've hand drawn in like glowing red a stake shape that fires like a dagger and yeah. that kills the vampires um and heron miller's just got a shotgun yeah <laughs> just like a, a a sawn off double barrel shotgun like mad max has yeah and she's just snapping the barrel and blowing vampires out of stained glass windows absolutely and the 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 alien creature is kind of dancing like kermit when you see kermit standing up and so he's, he's if I'm trying, I'm, I'm doing a mime here for Dick's pleasure. So it's brilliant. the body is obviously moving. There's a hand in its back. Yeah. And then the legs have just been stuck to the floor. There's no puppetry there. They're just kind of moving. And then the hands are on wires. Yeah. So it's just moving like that. And it's just blessed going like, go on, have them. <laughs> but just shouting, bastards, bastards. <laughs> it's louder and louder. I don't like it up them. Um, Can oh, I introduce another character as well? I know we, we've got to go on to the third person we're going to meet, but can we meet another one? Could, you know, like the, the the where we talked about the spot robot, and it's 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 not a it's not one of the characters, but it's a tool to kind of help them. Yeah. That uh, Stan Helsing, Van Helsing's descendant, uh, he's got a werewolf helper, and basically <laughs> <laughs> called called Willful. <laughs> yeah. But the, the werewolf is 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 permanently between transitions. Yeah. So he's basically got stuck. <laughs> so it's a, it's a British actor with just a lot of hair stuck to them. 
Like he's rolled around on a barbershop yes, floor. Yes, exactly. Um, oh, who would play Wilf Wolf? Bernard Breslau. You just, you just want the impression again, don't you? That's, yeah, yeah. That's hey, go on. <laughs> oh, Sue. I'm, I'm a mid-transition wolf, man. <laughs> uh, it's not a good impression at no, all. But, um, it's, it's, well, I think it's beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, you know, I've, I've immersed you. There's <laughs> a shot later on of Bernard Breslau just licking his bollocks in the corner of the room. <laughs> they've done that thing where they've cut a hole in the floor so he's and then he's got prosthetic legs over his shoulders. Brilliant. Um, now, they, they bl- blast out the church and then Montebland's like, uh-oh, I'm going to get back in. And then the gangsters screech up in the car. Yeah. I think Dom DeLuise is going to be the, the lead gangster. That's a good shout. And he's going to get out with a Tommy gun, even mm. though it's, at the time, contemporary 18. He's going to open up on the church, mm. and they're going to run back um, in, in into their van and escape. And then Monteblan's like, hang on a minute, you guys. Who are you? Well, we're the Mafia. Mm. Um, and he goes, well, we have, uh, you know, the enemy of my friend is my enemy. The, the friend of my... Whatever that saying is. <laughs> yeah. So they te- have an uneasy alliance, supernatural FBI, and stupid fat gangsters <laughs> meet together to hunt down as our heroes, the Steel Hounds, go to find their, their fourth and final member. I've got two ideas. Yep. One I've got an actor for, mm-hmm. but I think it's limited about what we can do. So okay. I was p- going to pitch like Dame Maggie Smith as a mermaid. All right. But a bit creature from the Black Green. But I've kind of, in my head, fallen in love with the idea of a Tron-style computer character. Right. So he's 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 always all like, remember Auto Man? Yes. Which was like a floating actor's head, yeah. and then like a a, a, a a rotoscoped glowing body. Yep. So I I like the idea that there is a computer-based hero. So I we just need a really a really good actor. I just imagine like a portly actor. Like yeah, no, that's exactly really right. Round, but the body looks completely. Is it John Rhys Davis? Yes, who played um, Salah in Raiders. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. him. Um, so it, just his face, just his complete, but from the neck down, yeah. he's like Tron. Yeah, he's glowing blue, um, and they. But he's only got so much charge, so they carry him round. They've got like a, a, a like a Commodore sixty four with a disc drive, and they've got him on a you know the big floppy discs. Yeah. Yeah, they've got him on one of them. Yeah, um, whenever they want to use him, they, uh, so no. So basically, he's his head spinning round on a computer like Max Headroom. Yeah, and when they want him, they put the disc in, they press a button, and he projects out of a of a camera or like a little laser thing, and he can go into action. Can I now, can I introduce yeah. another threat as well? Yeah. While this is going on, another ship like appears from a cloak, like a cloaking mm. device outside of the Earth. And it's basically an alien hunter who's been sent there by forces unknown, like predator, like pre- like an apex predator to get this alien that's on the earth for information, mm-hmm. but also to take out, <clears throat> you know, the the best fighters on earth, which is the the steel hounds. So I think the finale is that we discover that Monteblan wants the alien to aliens to invade mm. because he's in league with them, and yeah. he wants basically they're going to wipe the earth out, and he's going to take over. He's going to be ruler of earth. So he's got a castle, obviously. Yeah. Let's say in Transylvania. Yep. Where he gets his vampires from. Yep. You know, I'm done with chasing these shits around. Let's go back and just deal with this alien invasion. Yep. 
So he goes back to his castle. The gangsters go back with him. So it's populated by mafia stereotypes. He's got uh, a direct line to the other aliens. Yep. All voiced by Brian Blessed, doing different, <laughs> slightly different voices. While the alien, while he's safe in knowledge that the alien hunter is going to track and kill the alien that could jeopardise his yeah, plans. Yeah, absolutely. So our heroes chart a plane to Transylvania. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where the ship decloaks. Yes. And like, who the fuck's this? It blows the plane up. They have to parachute. And we get a lovely shot of each character parachuting, including a little shitty Brian Blessed alien. Um, and they land. Um, the alien hunter. Any any ideas actor-wise? I've got one. Well, I've got two, actually. Terence Stamp or uh, Stephen Burkoff. I think Terence Stamp would be the, the more credible threat. Yeah. But I want him to look silly. Oh, I want oh, him to have... You know Coneheads, the Dan Aykroyd film? Yeah. I want him to have a really elongated head at the top. Yeah. Or do you remember the adverts for T-Fowl? And there were scientists who had big heads. Yeah. Um, again, look it up on YouTube, people, if you, if you live outside. The, I was the, thinking, uh, like, Terror Hawks. Remember Terror Hawks? Oh, fucking terrifying. Yeah, uh, which was terrible. Basically, like, you get a lot of kind of aliens who look like old, old like, witchy hags. Yeah. I want him to look like that. I want him to have yeah. white really white hair and just like look like an old kind of scary witch but he's got these things are not mutually exclusive so he's got a really tall square frankenstein forehead but really tall yeah a big shock of dot brown white hair coming out the sides yeah and a really wrinkly face prune face yeah absolutely and then i like the idea that he's got really big kind of square shoulders Hmm. but the costume he wears is a gown that just goes right to the floor yes so and he and he seems to just very rarely move and kind of almost like he's on wheels. He just kind of moves around and he fires eye beams. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. His name is Blazord. <laughs> yeah, and that's how he says it. So Blazord is going to hunt them down, and he appears. I think he'd be quite creepy. Like they're going through Transylvania. They're like through these kind of this quarry, mm. and they look behind them in the mist, and there is Blazord, yeah. eyes glowing, mm. just like in the mist. I think for 1986 that might be quite creepy. Yeah. So, I think they should encounter some more vampires, mm. lady vampires. I yeah. think, you know, brides of Dracula kind of stuff, white flame gowns. Are they and played what have by you. dames as well? Like you know, people like uh, Maggie Smith and um... yeah. Or see, I was possibly thinking because they don't really need to act that much. Maybe like Pan's people, like a like an eighties dance act or pop group or oh. Bucks Fizz or something oh. like that. Or oh, like yeah. stunners, but how the sun would pronounce it like S T U N N A stunners. And I think they try and seduce and hypnotize all the male characters. So Jacoby's entranced, Stuart. Um, has to take his takes his pointy hat and puts it over his crotch to hide his erection. That would be funny. But then he moves around like you know, like, Whoa, you know, like a, yeah, yeah. a dad, it's just shit dad at a <laughs> takes, party. Takes his hands off and it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think even Blessed's little alien creature is a little bit kind of confused. Whereas Helen Mirren's just like men and just starts pumping shotgun shells into them. Can all. it be Sam Fox, Linda Lusardi, and? Who else was kind of a sexy... Who age? was on the cover of Bar- the Barbarian video game with Wolf? Uh, Maria Whittaker. Maria Whittaker. Yeah, yeah. So they, they kill them. And then they're, they're about to cross the bridge to the portcullis mm. of Ricardo Montalban's Transylvanian retreat, where he's holed up Italian mafia. Can he have a ridiculous uh, outfit now? 
Yeah, well, he's dressed up in his Ruler of Earth outfit now because yeah. essentially it should be in a minute. And he's got a ray gun yeah. as well. Has he got his chest uh, piece from uh, Wrath of Khan? I like the fact that he's got this kind of one-piece kind of astronaut's suit, but that's made out of a kind of uh, shiny material. Black, but like glossy. Yep. And then the, he's got a triangle cut out the middle mm. from belly button to nipples and across. Yep. Um, and he's got gold gloves yep. and a kind of a gold headband. Have we just painted him gold like um, Skeletor at the end of Masters of the Universe? Um, and he's got a giant cod piece as well. I think yeah, and a staff. Good. Huge staff. Yeah. Staff and a ray gun. Yeah. And, and a cape that only goes down to the middle of his back. Oh, it's really small. It's ridiculous. Gold sparkly cape, yeah. really short. And huge Ming the Merciless collars. Yeah. Anyway, they're, they're approaching the bridge, and that's where Blaze Doroid, or whatever his name was, <laughs> uh, Terence Stamp, appears yeah. and starts firing laser beams. Patrick Stewart's like, no, no, what? It's time I, it's time I stepped up, sobered up. I'm going to take on the alien menace. And he's dodging round, and it looks like he's kind of staggering around drunk. And they're all like, oh, we did bloody Alan Kazan. And he fires, he captures the laser beams in his hat because his hat's like a portal to another world. Yeah. They come out again at the other end. And what he's done is, very cleverly, he's made the alien cut a hole in the bridge. So the bridge collapses. Nice. And he tumbles into the depths, presumably dead. Yeah. But possibly not. Jacoby goes, well, it's a good job I've got a flight unit. And he puts on a jetpack and carries them all over. And he never uses that again. Into the castle, there is a, a shootout with the gangsters. Yep. Out steps Monteblan in his full disco alien outfit with his staff, which fires fire let's say like a flamethrower star <laughs> yeah. and his ray gun do we think that one of them has to sacrifice themselves like the mandroid in eliminated and if so who i think who bites the dust i think either bolum or stewart yeah stewart could kind of redeem himself with the bridge what's antics. the computer person done oh he's done fuck all hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. uh, okay yeah so computer person hmm. what was he called he didn't have a name um, what about it's got to be really computery name but like a computer name from the 70s Ron Ronador Ronador 64 <laughs> Ron Odor 64 oh, what about um, the Manstrad Mans <laughs> <laughs> yep alright I was going to say Sydney Rom <laughs> Gary Gary Spectrum <laughs> Gary Spectrum yeah Sydney Rom or Gary Spectrum done and done <laughs> Um, he's going to, like in Independence Day, he's going to deal with the... He goes to the communication yeah. system and he's going to infect the mothership with a uh, computerised virus. Yes. Um, which he does that. So he's dealing with that shit. Um, which we visualise with him throwing a lightning frisbee at a wall. Yeah, he goes into like a Tron world. Like yeah. he, we, we get uploading and he's, it's him fighting now in like a Tron world. When he's I like the idea it's like computer bats or bird things yes. he's firing a frisbees at them. Yep. Or, no, like lacrosse, like a ball at them. Yes. Monteblan's got them all pinned down and the, aliens, the alien is going to use his mind powers, which he hasn't used so far, to, to distract Monteblan, kind of Vulcan mind meld with him. And while he's doing that, Stuart is going to run up 
leap at him, grab him, and they're both going to smash out of a window yeah. and fall to their deaths. And they're like, oh, you know, he redeemed himself in the end. The alien mothership, they open up a chain of communication. Um, and our uh, uh, Gary Spectrum, <laughs> Barry Rom, or whatever his name is, um, has communicated with them on behalf of the alien and said, yeah. it's all fine. We're going to beam this guy up and you can fuck off back into the cosmos and not deal with us again. But just then, Terence Stamp rocks up again. Um, and he's angry because he's just fallen off a mountain. Um, and that's where Bolum steps up, despite the fact he's exclusively a vampire hunter. He's like, well, it looks like I'm about to add aliens to my repertoire. Um, and he, uh, I don't know, throws a garlic bomb at him or something. <laughs> he's got like a net that um, has, he's got lasers on it. Yeah, a laser net. He laser. killed him with a laser net. Yep. Or he captures him in a laser net and then all the other steel hounds fire their arsenal. You yeah. know, Jacoby's now got, can fire electricity out of himself. Helen Mirren uh, is just pumping shotgun rounds into him. Um, yeah, Bolum's just kicking him on the floor. Um, and they melt him into a goo. Yeah. Can, can the, uh, Jackie be turned into a car or something at this point? Like, he has a ridiculous... Like, all of a sudden, he kind of transforms and, like... Well, how can he do that? He's never revealed that before. Can he transform into a larger robot cat? <laughs> Stop-motion cat? Yep. After they've destroyed him, like, fucked him up, he then just bats it about and runs off with it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and swallows it. The, yeah. Yeah. And then the alien goes, travels up, <laughs> just this block with legs. Um, and it's not done with visual effects. They've just got it on a rope and just pull it up into the rafters <laughs> yeah. of the building in a spotlight. But everyone's really, really sad. Like, yeah. it's a really sad E.T. moment. And off he flies. They all stand around and they all high-five. Yep. Credits. Justice. 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 Lessons learned from Eliminators. There's so many. There's so many. I mean, what, what, how do you feel I've taught you? I mean, just by describing it, what do you think you could apply to your life as a crime fighter stroke justice seeker? I mean, I think it, you know, it's kind of teaming up with, you know, finding people with abilities that are akin to mine, but also complement mine in different ways. So. Yeah, you know, obviously a French action star like myself would have to find, you know, maybe a, you know, a German scientist or a absolutely yeah Austrian bare knuckle fighter or something like that. Yeah, you want to you want to you know opposites attract. You want to like you say complement rather than duplicate. I absolutely. Think. Um, my my main takeaway from this is I really liked how Fontana had his no questions thing stamped okay. on him. Yeah. Um, and I like that. I think, I think we need to go away and think about that. I think either we should have a catchphrase each, or like a mantra, and you should get that um, stenciled on your moped. Yep. Or the bronze hound, as you call it. Um, I'll get it written on my uh, Reliant Robin. Yeah. The Phantom Machine, as I like to call it. I'll get it on the fin. What about the our, uh, our vehicle that we use on joint adventures, the uh, the Bedford Rascal that we've got? <laughs> that yeah, we, we we'll, get it, we'll get it. We we'll get both of them stenciled. Yeah, ventures. and then when we're out fighting crime, um, you get it on your sleeveless denim jacket. Yeah. Um, and I'll get it on my foil 
karate gi. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I'll get mine, I think, enough with the bullshit is mine. Yeah. And maybe in sequence on the foil karate gi. Uh, mine would be, you ain't getting rid of me. <laughs> A- exclamation mark. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and I yeah I think rhinestones for your denim. Oh yeah, all day long. Yeah, rhinestones and oh, yeah. uh, underlined and everything. And I think for you listeners out there, if you're thinking about going out into the dangerous world of crime fighting, definitely think about stenciling uh, your mantra on on your back. Yeah. Um, like the loathsome little bastard Harry Fontana. And with that, we bid you adieu <laughs> as we. Uh, vanish into the mists of time back to take control of Alexander the Great's army in a convoluted and poorly thought out plot on our behalf. See you in history, motherfuckers. No, that's what I'm getting written on my back. See you in history, motherfuckers. Yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yep. Uh, everyone's like walking past, see you in history, what does that mean? And he's gone. Smoke bomb on the floor, gone. <laughs>